Blog Talk Radio. Wrong with that, but we used you guys to help build our stadium. 
So it's all good. Oh, God. Oh, my. Shots it's fired. Win, Shots fired. Win. Shots fired. It's a win-win, oh, baby. Get on that Gerald oh, Blue my. train. Come on. Now. No. It's t- never. It's taking, 50, never. It's, taking 15, <laughs> it's taking 15 years to get us where we're going. However, right. you know, we're, 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 we're eight and one, and can't nobody say a thing to us. You know what I'm saying? My poop. No, don't you're right. Stink, okay? That's what I got to say. I'm you, starting you, to smell like roses, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Shit. <laughs> I'm just telling you how hey, it hey, is. Hey, hey, hey. quoting your boy from uh, The Wire. Shit. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's get this out of. Let's get this over with, bro. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of Prescott, you mentioned Prescott and Zach, and, and I'm sorry, and, and Dickie Elliott. It's funny how what happens when you when when a team knows what they're doing in the draft. I mean, I told cats like in the like before the preseason, like so right right after the draft, that they I thought they got to steal the draft and draft Zeke Elliott, even at number four. Because I think a lot of people, quote unquote experts, had Joey Bosa going. He got some reason, but as soon as y'all drafted yeah. Zeke behind the offensive line, I think, oh no. And then, yeah. but no one. I mean, even though I watched Dak Prescott a lot in college, because I'm a big SEC football fan, so I watched a lot of him play at Mississippi State. And you know, when they drafted him in the fourth round, I'm thinking, well, shoot, if this kid plays his cards right, if he plays like he did on, on Saturdays in the SEC. Dallas might have a diamond in the rough. And Lord okay. behold. So, so, so here's, you here's the bottom line. The bottom line okay. is nobody, everybody passed on Prescott for off-the-field issues, not on the field. Right. They were like, right. oh, okay, he's not a top-ranked quarterback because, okay, he has an off, a off-the-field issue. Not, not two, three, or four, one. One. And I mm-hmm. believe it was a DWI. I'm not for sure. He had one off the field. Other than yeah. that, he performed brilliantly, beat the top teams in SEC. So you can't tell me that you have this quarterback, let him drop down, okay, and Stephen Jones did a great job. Okay, let him drop down as far as he can go, and we'll take him to be Romo's heir apparent. It just happens that Romo got injured, and then Kellen Moore got injured. So now mm-hmm. Jack is sitting up here, sitting up here like, okay, I got an opportunity. It's just like Drew Bledsoe. Tony mm, Romo replaced Drew Bledsoe right. back in the day to lead him to where they're at. So, and Tony hasn't had <clears> the <throat> effect of having a big-time running back. He had it in DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray led it, but he got hurt. So now, all of a sudden, you got the best offensive line. You got one of the best quarterbacks that is, okay, he's, he's rating at what, 66, 67% in passing rating? He's only like throwing that. two picks. And guess what? All he does is throw to the open man. I'm sorry. You got Dead Bryant getting double teamed. You got other playmakers making plays. You got the best offensive line. And then on top of that, you got a thousand yard rusher with nine games into the season. And right. Ezekiel Elliott, he's a 235 pound back that is a bruiser. <laughs> so when he hits you one or two times in the first quarter, in the first in the first quarter. Your DBs are going to think like, oh, well, he's making it to the second level, right? And then right. the DBs are like, I, I don't want to tackle this brother. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's not, a, that's, that's, that, that's not an issue, right? So the thing is, it's right. a perfect storm. 
So in all the reporting and everything down here, it's been a whole team chemistry. So when you have a team chemistry right. where the players go out together, they eat together, they, they uh, dine together, their families dine together, they do all of it, it builds that bond. It's almost, it's almost right. and you would understand this better than anybody, it's like a fraternity. It's a brotherhood. Yep. And right. football is completely right. predicated on it's completely predicated on a brotherhood. You are with me, we're gonna fight our battles together and that's it. I can call you in the middle of the night <coughs> Excuse me. and say, Hey mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I messed up and got a DUI, can you come get me, brother? They would be there. No matter where you go in the country, you have your brothers in your frat that you can call on when you're in time of need. However, right. these little pups, these little pups, guess what? If you tell a little baby he can't crawl and he crawls three months earlier, oh, all of a sudden he can crawl. So now they don't even know what it is to, like, have 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 any type of they, – they understand adversity, but they don't understand the idea of failure because you have right. people – you have veterans in that locker room, and you got to give props to Tony Romo because Tony Romo was like, okay, I'm going to embrace Dak. Okay, I'm getting my twenty million. <laughs> I don't care. I'm getting my twenty million. I want to be competitor and be out there, right? But I'm hurt. Right, of course. So, so I'm going to help the, my my protege, so he can take and look at it and say, "Hey, I'm gonna develop my protege and go along with it and say I'm gonna give him as much uh, as much advice as possible." But you have to give it to Dak for the work ethic as well as Ezekiel Prescott. I mean, I'm sorry, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. On their work ethic, on their work ethic, because they're in there day and night in a billion-dollar training facility. So they have access to whatever they want. The quarterbacks in Philly, the quarterbacks, St. Louis, you can can look around. Mm -hmm. The work ethic ethic is there, but they don't have the facilities that Jarrah – Yes, we call him Jared down here. Jared on the blue drink. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God. You, uh, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't replicate that, right? And then right. you have former Super Bowl winners, Haley. Then you have um, Michael Irvin. You have Emmett Smith. You have Troy Aikman that are even coming in and helping this young buck around to where – he can feel confident to come in and say, okay, I'm going to control the huddle. I'm going to do it because guess what? I have to do it because if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't be able to do where I'm at. Mm. Mm. Well said. Hey, man, before we get to Zeke Elliott, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wax forward on him in a moment, before I go on him in a moment, excuse me. When you talk about and brave about, and rightfully so, the the work ethic of Dak Prescott and, and Zeke. There's this one dude on the team, and you mentioned chemistry earlier. They do have a great chemistry going on. This one dude named Des Bryant. Now, we, yeah. we heard about Des Bryant being late, you know, being on CP time throughout his tenure in Dallas uh, when it comes to meeting <laughs> and going to, to training facilities and everything. Okay. And is there part of you, or Cowboy Nation for that matter, that feels like that, that's afraid that, of the influence that he may have. Not that he's a bad dude or anything. He's all accounts not a bad guy. It's just that his, that, that his, his attitude and his, um, I don't want to say attitude, but, you know, but the fact of his bad habits, 
that's too okay. fair. Hey, do, hey, do they, are they afraid that's going to rub off on those two cats? Yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's get this out the way. Dez Bryant is a dedicated football player. Everybody okay. outside of Dallas wants to say that, A, he's a problem. He's not a problem. He's an emotional leader. He's an emotional guy, right? Dad Prescott mm-hmm. is more pragmatic, in my opinion. In my opinion, Dad Prescott is more pragmatic. I do this, I do this, okay. I do this. I need to study. And plus, you've got to think about it. The quarterback position is completely different than the receiver position. The receiver can, sure. can afford to take a couple plays off, can afford to come in. And plus, Des is a superstar. So you're always going to get superstar treatment. That's, that's just it. That's just like, you know, just yeah, like if I'm Denzel and I, and I walk into it, if I'm Denzel and I walk into a club, I might walk out with somebody that's a 10. Whereas I'm Spencer Earl mm-hmm. and I walk into a club, I might walk out with somebody that's an 8. So it's just a, it's just a, it's just semantics, <laughs> right? So right. when you think about it, when you think about it, wide receivers in the history of the NFL, what have they always been? Divas. They've right. always been divas. Of course. Even, go, even going back to Michael Irvin and the first. And walking in, and I'm not going to mention the cocaine, but that, that's another story. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but what I'm, what I'm saying is why receivers all been deep. Stupid. They've always been treated different. You, you know right. what I'm saying? So, so his influence is even more emotional on Dak and Ezekiel mm-hmm. because now they understand the full reception of the game, not to mention that Dez is being mentored by Michael Irvin. Mm. Okay. So, so they get That's all good. of knowledge. They get all the knowledge from Michael Irvin in his days, and Dez has grown up over the years, and he's got the family. Okay, okay, I, I digress. He's got a monkey. Okay, he's got a monkey. Everybody <laughs> wants a monkey every now and then. Okay, okay. I, I, I want a dog. I want a dog, but I'm not going to get a dog. He wanted a monkey, so he got a monkey, and everybody dogged him out on that. That's hilarious. So what I'm, By the way. So <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious that he made the six o'clock news because Des Bryant bought a monkey. And 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 someone was calling it racist and whatever. I was like, how can you call a black man racist because he bought a monkey? Really? Uh yeah. so, <laughs> I can't understand I can't understand that. Okay. If it was a white dude buying a monkey, I might think something might be a little off and he named his mm-hmm. monkey Des. That might that might be a problem. But I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that everybody down here in the organization and even listening to, and I don't know if you do plugs on your show, but it's 105 through the fan, the D-Bag Nation. They sure. have all the insight. So, okay. so, they have, so they have Jerry Jones, they have Stephen Jones, and they have uh, Garrett on every, uh, like today, Tuesday was, Jerry Jones at like nine o'clock. Then they had Stephen Jones, and then they had Garrett on every Tuesday. So you can get a pretty mm-hmm. clear picture of what they're talking about. But what it is is Garrett has built a culture. It took a minute. It built. It took a minute for Jarrah to go in and and get the players right. that Garrett needed that are character characters. It's just like Charlie Strong in Texas. You bring me in to bring in character people, you need to provide me with character people. So now they have the right. character people and everything and everything works out. So it's no surprise to us down here in Texas that over the last three drafts, what have they done? Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Oh, and by the way, we need a running back. 
So you got away with DeMarco Murray that had so many carries that, hey, he should have been paid. But now that you have Zeke, he's a unique back, 235-pound bruiser with speed. Is I that believe big? he runs a four. Yeah, he's 235. Wow. I didn't know he was that big. So, yeah, so That's when they load. hit him, it, it's a load, right? And so mm-hmm. when you get that load in the third and fourth quarter, then guess what? DBs don't want to hit him. I mean, you know, and we're notorious for having a DB. Uh, what was the name again? What was the name again? Uh, Deion Sanders that didn't want to tackle. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. He tried to tackle the shadow. He tried to tackle the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh god. I mean, yeah. I, I'm six. I'm six two two twenty. I could tackle a shadow every day, right? But am I in the NFL? No. Right. Not at all. So, right. so when you break it down, when you have the offensive line and he's averaging five to six yards per carry, that means somebody's right. getting dominated. We line up – well, not we because I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm going to say Cowboys line up. We're mm-hmm. going to run the ball in a pass-happy league, in a pass-happy league. We're going to run the ball. Right. We're, we're going to get third and two, third and five, and then we'll take shots whenever we want. You know, we have Cole Beasley running cross patterns. You have uh, Des Bryant on the outside getting double teamed. And then, okay, so you got double team on the outside with Des Bryant. You got Cole Beasley running a cross route across the middle of the field. Then, on top of that, you got a five man front. And then, oh, let Witten come out the backfield. Not the backfield, but let Witten come off the tight end position. Really? Mm-hmm. Pick your poison. Pick your poison. So, what Dak has done is he's done a very effective job in managing who he throws to. Throw to the open man. Right. Throw to the open man. Throw to the right. open man. And, and that's kind of unheard of, but yeah, good that comes from his yeah, that comes from his SEC upbringing. That's all he did at Mississippi State was throw to the open man. If it wasn't open and they had a running game when he was there, throw to the open man, throw to the open man, throw to the open man. So they've done a, mm-hmm. a really good job in managing that and making sure that they do it. Now, on Ezekiel Elliott's side, right, he, he, he's, he's done it. He's done it at Ohio State. Ohio State's one of the right. programs. He's He's the reason they won a national title. I agree with he's that. The reason they, I definitely he's the reason agree with they that. won a national title. <laughs> so if he's the reason that they won a national title, why don't you think that would translate to the NFL when you're behind one of the best offensive lines? Well, in my opinion, the best offensive line it's the best in offensive the NFL. Line. Even I have to say that. Yeah. 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 So, so, so right. you know you know what? If I was a running back and I had four three, four five speed and I'm two thirty five and I'm seeing holes like that. Hey, you know, I'm sorry your Pittsburgh Steelers decided to revert to a trick play Dan Marino style and do a fake fake throwdown. Oh, here we go. Give some zone. love to that. Yeah. You know that's a good play. You know that's a good play. You know that's a good play. Y'all are chopping off Dan Marino. And on top of that, y'all threw to a rookie defensive back. Not 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 a regular because guess what? The secondary's hurt. Orlando Skander's out for concussion. Car is out for a broken arm. You know, so we're relying on a sixth round, a sixth round DB. Mm, I know it's a to cover up. <laughs> sixth round DB is our starting corner. 
and you're going to bring that mm. bring that hokey doke, and you have Ben Roethlisberger, and you have the Pittsburgh tradition, and all that. Guess what? We're the Cowboys. We're going to bring it down. All right, it's done. Oh lord. So so, so right now, <laughs> the, the the chemistry is so great. So great. I might I might you know I'm thinking about calling Jack Moses because he can part the sea, man. That's what I'm just saying. Hey, I'm just saying that. <laughs> oh, God. Black Moses, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. That's funny. Yeah, just but like Jesus is black, so. Well, cutie. <laughs> I cutie complaints. Cutie the hate comments. Well, they read, if they, hey, they read the book of Revelation. I forget what chapter mm-hmm. and verse. I'm just saying. But I digress. I digress. Um, let me ask okay. you about Zeke before we get to Stephen Jones, because right? I want to touch on Stephen Jones as well, the job he's done behind the scenes. Um, all right. We all know that Zeke is probably going to be the rookie of the year, more than likely yep. going to be the rookie of the year. Is it possible? Yep. Is it is a stretch to say he could be both rookie of the year and the MVP? Because he's the leading rusher. He's the leading rusher. He has he's over 1,000 yards rushing. And, you he's the leading rusher. That, yep. You know the, yep, the NFL gods. The, the NFL gods. They always want to lean themselves toward a quarterback. They don't want to recognize yeah. like the defensive players. They always want to go to the quarterback, but they don't understand the importance of what the running game has brought to the Cowboys. Okay, because the Cowboys were built mm-hmm. as a running team. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but there's McFadden is healthy, and they're still paying McFadden right now. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. McFadden, McFadden couldn't do it last year, but they're still paying McFadden because Jarrah is a generous and kind owner. Just in case. But then you have Dunbar and you have the other, the Redskin running back that came over and whatnot. But the bottom line is, uh-huh. is, yeah. is in, my, in my opinion, Elliott should be the MVP because he brings so much more to open up the offense. Yes, it's stacks and everything like that. But, you know, you have uh, the quarterback, uh, Matty Ryan from Atlanta, that's putting up crazy numbers. Right. So you got Julio Jones. You got, you know, and other than that, you don't really have too many quarterbacks that are doing what Matty Ryan is doing. So, to me, the NFL is going to slide itself and say, oh, Matt Ryan, blah, blah, blah. But in my opinion, the dynamic of Dak being uh, not only a back that can run, that can stretch the play out, that can catch. But the underrated thing about Dak, I mean, I'm sorry, the underrated thing about Ezekiel is that he blocks. Yeah. If you go and take a look at the tape, the number of blocks that he did to make sure Prescott, now he picked up the, the rushes, and he picked up the blitzes, that's unheard of. You can't, really, you can't really teach that. And then on top of that, then from what I hear and what we understand here in Dallas, then you have Emmett working with him too. Like really, really? That's not surprising. That's not surprising. It's, it's it, not it surprising. Shows. It shows. It shows the progression of what right. he does. So, so to me, he's an MVP not from a Dallas Cowboy fan because I'm always going to root for the Cowboys, but from an overall standpoint, right. the impact on the game because that's what MVPs are: most valuable player to their team, not to the league, but to their team. Mm-hmm. He brings it in because. Everybody concentrates on Ezekiel when he comes in because they know that he's going to get six yards, right? Six, seven yards per right. carry, whatever. 
they're going to focus on him. That brings the defense out, and that just opens it up for the play fake. I mean, and then you think about it, Dak Prescott only has two interceptions all year. Two. Mm, that's right. He, he's second in QBR, by the way, to Tom Brady. Yeah, he's only picked up twice. amazing. You know what I'm saying? Only picked up twice, and right. those, two were sus- those two were suspect. But he just didn't see the guy. Well, what do you expect? He's a rookie. He's a dang-on rookie. Of course I'm not going to say right. it. But, like I said, Ezekiel opens it up for every, all the defense to be like, okay, we're going to commit our outside linebackers, our defensive ends, to break gaps. So when you break gaps and then you have the offensive line doing what they're doing, it's game over. Mm. So to me, mm. I think he's rookie of the year and MVP just because of the amount of attention he gets from the defensive end. Because you, 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 you can load up the box all you want. Load up the box. Load up the box. And he still gets five yards. Load up the box. You got eight. You got an eight-man front, seven-man front. You got double tight ends that, that – Dallas employs for an extra two linemen, he's going to find the mm-hmm. gap. And if not, then guess what? He's going to throw it downfield to Dez. He's just now getting in sync with Dez because Dez has been out hurt. The last game against you guys was an example. It was an example of how him and Dez are getting on the same page. Mm. That, that that one deep bomb he had, that sweet bomb he had, uh, in single coverage like that, that, that Dez had over our rookie, uh, Artie Burns, that was a beautiful throw. And that was an excellent yeah. effort that Dez made. I mean, the chemistry is there. The, I think the chemistry is there because Dak will actually go to Dez and, and, and cajole him to, to, to make a better play on the ball and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Romo, he, he, he's, 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 Romo, he's not a – we all know that he's, that, 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 that by all accounts that he's a good dude. He's just not the vocal leader. He doesn't have display that it on the sleeve. Prescott, well, he's, he's, it's not there. that now. He's not that now. Yeah. But but Romo has had to fight for his life because he hasn't had a running game. Romo has to improvise sure. all the time. That's, that's what he's always mm-hmm. had to do. So that's all he knows. So let's move on right. to the Stephen Jones. Yeah, Jerry yeah let's Jones, talk about Jones. So. Jerry Jones knows yeah. that his time on earth is limited. He knows that his time is running out. That's where he has to do it. So, right. Stephen Jones has done a great job. Jared still figures out some decisions, but Stephen does a lot of the day-to-day stuff. So, they know. I mean, it seems like he he be a Stephen Jones now. I mean, this is I don't know if it's a, if it's an old wives' tale or, or or whatever that he literally walked up to his dad Jared and snatched the card that had uh, what's his name's. Uh, uh, Johnny Menzel's name on the draft card, yeah. you know, out of his hand and put like a def- an offensive tackle instead. Who's, who's by the way, yeah. I forget his name, but he's like one of the better offensive, offensive linemen in the league now. And to go out offensive line, Green. yeah. What was that? Okay, okay, sorry. It's probably, um, it's probably Doug so, Green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 that's, that's exactly who it was. And now you see smarter draft picks. You you see the everything come coming to fruition over the past what three or four seasons I guess, and mm-hmm. now you have you, you have what you have you have I hate to say this yeah. but like 
the nineties, the the big three. I mean, I, I'm sorry, the the uh, the triplets like. You know, instead of oh, like yeah. having like Troy Aikman, Irvin, Emma Smith, you got that Prescott, Zeke, and Des, basically. Yeah. To go along but, with but Jason the Witten. thing is, <laughs> so. yeah. But the, the thing is, the line with the triplets, they were they were yeah. underrated too. They were they were one of the best lines yeah, ever. Exactly. You have Leon Lett. You have Leon Lett. Eric Williams is people. <laughs> Eric Williams yeah. not giving not giving two flying shits about what look. Come up against me. I'm gonna yeah. put you down. Get hand and be like, get up. Come on, get on up. Get on yeah. up for the next play. I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put you down again. <laughs> you know, they got Leon Lett, unmovable. And by the way, Leon Lett and all of them are still working with the offensive line right now. Wow. Mentoring them. Wow. Right. So you have one mm-hmm. great offensive line mentoring the next great offensive line. That that's how it's running down here now. Oh, probably because of Stephen Jack, Stephen. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Stephen Jones. But Jerry mm-hmm. has not not only passed baton, but it seems to us down here that he embraces the fact that he doesn't have to do all that and just can make some executive decisions. Like mm-hmm. you bring me what I need. It's just like consulting. If if you're my if you're my client, I bring you. Your three top options. You as an executive needs to make that decision. Whereas Stephen brings them two. Be like, all right, which one you want? Mm. And then say, yeah. okay, pros and cons, pros and cons, pros and cons. So it's being run more business like and letting Jerry mm-hmm. go in and deal with all of like the sponsorships, like Ford, like AT and T, building the stadium, making it state of the art, building the brand, making the brand continue mm-hmm. to grow and grow and grow. And then on top of that, influence the NFL. Okay, we yeah. need a team in Los Angeles. Okay, Jerry, go out and do what you need to do. We need a team in Vegas. Okay, Jerry, go out. And, and that's how they're getting all these billion-dollar stadiums because Jerry's the face of the owners. How about that? So, How about so, that? And then, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. More money, more money, more money. You know what I'm saying? I I go back to Damon Wayne. More money, more money, Yo, more money. money. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it back old school. But let me <laughs> a, 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 ask you this about Tony Romo. Since we mentioned him a few times already, obviously. Um, uh-huh. What does the future hold for him? I mean, I mean, granted, there's that cap hit that, that we talked about earlier. You know, was it a 15 or so mm-hmm. million dollar cap hit it's going to have next it's about twenty. What, what about, are they going to do with 20. Tony Romo? Okay, honestly, it's about a twenty dollar. It's about it's about a twenty million dollar cap hit. Um, you have Dak who was who was going against about five mil, something like that. So the idea with Tony Romo, like Jerry Jones said this morning on an interview, I've told mm-hmm. Tony that he w- he's going to be one of the best offensive coordinators ever. He's got an offensive coordinator mind. He's got all that. So in my opinion, what mm. they're going to do is they're going to keep they're going to keep Tony around. To do to learn under Scott Linehan and become offensive coordinator to where he can teach his heir apparent. Is that butthurt? Okay. To Tony Romo, that is butthurt to Tony Romo. I, as a competitor, he would be pissed. But as an owner, as we all know, Jerry is loyal. Jerry may take that twenty million dollar cap it, or he may cut him and say, "Okay, take less money. I'll give you an offensive coordinator job and pay you the money on the back end." Therefore, it doesn't, it doesn't hit us. 
I mean, you that, know that he considers Zaytoni Roman another son, right? I mean, you already know yeah, that, I'm that, sure. Yes, that, that, that's what the whole point is. The whole point is Jerry is telling him, I'm going to take care of you. Because they went out to dinner <clears> last week. Him and the family yeah. and everything. And, and they went to dinner and all that. that. So, so the way I see it shaking out is, is that they'll cut Romo in order to cut cap space to get more players. But then Tony, I mean, but then Jerry will come back around and be like, you know what? If you take this, take this hit, you know, um, yep. I'll give you the money and then bring you as an offensive coordinator for the next couple of years, sign you in a contract to where it doesn't hit the cap room. That's how you work around the system. Interesting. That's very interesting, but not surprising yeah, because he did similar things for uh, Jason Garrett. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So so I mean, we all know he's loyal to his players and the people that are in his corner. So he's not going to screw Romo, right? He's going to work it out okay. to where, okay. And Romo's already said that I'm going to be a player in the NFL next year. He didn't say if he would be a backup or not. Well, if you're a backup at right. $20 million, guess what? I'd be a backup. <laughs> right. And, I, and I, don't have right. The, exactly. I, I don't have the competitive juices that Tony Romo has, but I'd be like, okay, shut up, pay me. I'd be like, good fella. Oh, shut up, pay me. Shut up, shut up. Shut, oh, yeah. oh, what would you say? What would you say? What do you say? I, I, I have no, I have no state taxes here in Texas. Okay, I'm, why would I go anywhere else? Yeah, that's very true. And I don't think Jerry Jones let him go anywhere else. To be honest with you, I mean he loves Not, Tony like a second son. Oh yeah, he loves him like Stephen, and and that's and that's I, I agree. But it did take a big part of Jerry's persona to say, look. We're going to go with Dak. We're going to take the hot hand. I will take the hit. As the owner, general manager, I'll take the hit. Tony, you have less. You do one one uh, press conference to where you read some stuff. You don't answer questions. I'll take the hit and say, okay, yeah, Tony's going to be our backup. Dak, we're going to ride the hot hand. We're going to ride the hot hand. We're going to ride the hot hand. We're going to, oh, okay, well, you know what? Ride the hot hand, Bledsoe. And and let and let uh, <laughs> the hot hand, right. Bledsoe. Just like Crab did with Bledsoe, you know, when Brady came, right. on, he was like, "We're gonna ride the hot hand. We're gonna ride the hot hand." Oh, and let's see, uh, how many Super Bowls does Brady have now? Four. Right. Four or five. Like a good choice so, to me. <laughs> yeah. So now Dak is doing it, and he's being efficient, and he's a rookie. Brady wasn't a rookie, Brad. Prescott is. So, with that being said, uh, Romo's going to be a backup. He's probably going to be a backup. He's probably going to mentor Prescott, and then he's, he's going to be a forever cowboy. So, I'm going to get you out of here on, on, out of here on this. Uh, by the way, this has been an entertaining podcast, by the way. Uh, I can't believe I didn't have you on here earlier. But um, I know that there's a fear in Cowboy Nation that Jerry Jones is going to find a way to screw it up. Now, before what you told me about what his plan, what you believe his plan is, or what, like what his plan is with Romo, as far as getting him into the coaching side of things, or maybe a front office or whatever, somewhere to take care of him, you know that there were people thinking, and I think you were thinking that you were, that you were hoping against hope that he would bring Tony Romo back into the storyline up some way, somehow. So I assume that I don't know. Do you think the fear is still there in Cowboy Nation 
Because I, I didn't nope. know what you told me. Nope. Nope. It's a, it, it's a done deal. Cowboy down. Cowboy <clears throat> is down here right now. We're all together. We're saying, okay, Dak is there. It, he has to lose at least three games. Three games badly. Mm-hmm. And and I'll do Trump. They're 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 losing badly. Okay, we're doing <laughs> we're doing we're doing awesome. They got to lose mm-hmm. badly in order for Romo to come on. So you know, uh, it's it's a luxury for us to have Romo as a backup. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know any team in the NFL that has such a quality backup person, right? Sure, sure. And that's, that, and that's so giving. And so basically what it is is that, A, the air pairing is here. It's a done deal. You know, it's the NFL next up. Right, right. So, so here we are. Good. You're happy. You and the rest of Cowboy Nation are happy. Some are more obnoxious than others, but I can't hit on y'all. You guys got a good team. Hey, I, I've been in denial. I've been in denial the vast majority of the season. I'm sure you know that. I've been in straight denial, but I well, can't yeah, deny it you, anymore. You, you guys you, are part of the root, Yeah, when you root for Pitt sucks, then it's all good because Pittsburgh sucks. Oh, anyway. that, that's just a, that's just a, yeah. that's just a given. And Cowboys anyway, Lord, on that always note. have always <laughs> have bigger stakes and everything else. It's all good. Oh boy. Anyway, I'm about to shoot myself. But anyway, thanks, Spence. You the man as usual. You cracked me up as usual. You made it a hell of a lot easier for me. So thanks a lot for joining me, bro. Yeah, you know, I'll be talking to you on Facebook soon. All right, sounds good. Love you, brother. Uh, love you too. Peace out. Take care. That's my guy. That's my guy, Spencer O. Earl. The biggest one of the biggest Cowboys fans I know. Save for a few other guys I know, which I'll probably have on this podcast later this season. But anyway, that was hard. That was very hard. But I gotta give them props. I got the Dallas Cowboys props. They're the best team in the league. They're like what? They're like eight and one. They have no show, no signs of slowing down anytime soon. They should beat the hell out of the Ravens next week. But that'd be hard to pull for who? How is this? How am I a Steelers fan going to pull in a, in, in a game? Can't stand the Ravens. Hate the Cowboys. How should I do this? Maybe the rate go for the race because of my degree of hatred is lower than for Dallas. Oh, it's a hard time being a Steelers fan over the past few weeks. and a hard time watching the Cowboys be so well. But anyway, before I ran my head against the wall, I want to thank you all for joining me. This is Scott Burks, the Clown Hour 06. Good night. Thank you.